0: Minimalists.
1: (laughs) Live from Brisbane, Australia, my name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists live in Brisbane. (laughs) Man, I almost want to give you one more shot because Perth destroyed you on that. Ah. You guys want one more shot? I said we're live in Brisbane. That's how you show Perth.
2: <laughs> man, so um, we have a microphone set up right over there. I know we'll be able to get to at least four questions, maybe five during this live version of the Minimalist Podcast. I see. And, and Ladies first, man, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what should we talk about in the meantime? I don't know, what do you want to talk about? I don't know, just my feelings. <laughs> my, well, heard, feeling. Yeah, yeah, he has one feeling. <laughs> He has two feelings. Yeah, well, uh, one of them is just, just a deep, deep existential sadness, and, <laughs> and the other one is unadulterated rage.
0: <sighs> Howdy, what's your name? Hi, I'm Zoe. Hey
1: Zoe, where are you from?
0: I'm from Toowoomba, which is about an... <laughs> Woo, Toowoomba, yeah. Man, that's,
1: that must be an awesome place. Where is where? that in relation to here?
0: Uh, it's about an hour and a half without traffic west. Uh. So uh, about 150,000 people. Um, so I am a practicing minimalist. Um, got rid of a lot of my stuff. Uh, yeah, about a year I've been listening to you guys, and podcasts, because I have a long drive, so you guys have been in my ears for a long time. Um, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. So... <laughs>
1: Congratulations. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Hopefully no one that I work with is here tonight, because they don't know that yet, right? Anyway, I've started a podcast um, called The Smart City Podcast. Google it. It's great. Um, I'm interviewing Colin Wright, actually, um, uh, at the end of this month. Anyway, my question is, so I have been down this, I'm an engineer, so very, um, went to uni, you know, very good at school, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mum's very proud she's here tonight. And now I'm at this kind of crossroads where I'm like, shit, this, I don't like this anymore. And I'm kind of done uh, doing the same old shit, um, same old stuff. And then just kind of uh, where should I go next? And so I'm leaving my corporate job, corporate job, whatever. Uh, And there's so many different paths that I can see and I don't know which way to go. So what kind of tools and stuff did you guys use to kind of choose which way you would go?
2: Man, I just quit my job and started a blog,
1: and everything worked out. <laughs> Don't do that. That is the worst advice ever.
2: <laughs> so sometimes I, I think we hear some really shitty advice. Sometimes we hear we hear and we hear people tell us with really good intentions, just follow your passions. Or we actually see like at certain universities, you'll have like little those successory posters that says like, "Passion, follow it," and. and that's equally bad advice because I don't think you were born to be an astronaut or a nurse or a yoga instructor. There there isn't one thing. And saying follow your passion presupposes that like you were destined to do this one particular thing, right? And so I think the better advice tends to be cultivate your passion. Um, If I were to give you something pithy, it would be something, even though this isn't the lightning round yet, uh, it would be that your mom didn't raise you for eighteen years so that you could go work in a cubicle. That is pithy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I think I'm I'm learning that that more and more that we what is the Henry David Thoreau quote? Uh, Most people are living lives of quiet despair. And and I think that's quite often what we do. Like I, I think about how I significantly downgraded my dreams as I climbed a ladder and not a, 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 ladder, a corporate ladder but also this sort of status ladder like the dreams change you know when you're a kid you want to be that astronaut or a deep sea diver or a basketball player or whatever but I was the director of operations of for 150 retail stores which I know is really ironic with the whole minimalism <laughs> thing um, this is before that and uh Never as a kid did I think one day, when I grow up, I really want to be a director of operations for 150 retail stores. And so instead of instead of letting my dreams die a slow death, I had to figure out what I was passionate about. I had to cultivate a passion. I think there there are a couple of ways to do that. The first way is find something that interests you and see if you can cultivate it into a passion. If you don't know what that is, then the second way, well, if you don't know what that is, you keep trying things until you find something. If you, if, you, if you don't want to go that route, the second route, the opposite route of that is, ask yourself what pisses you off. Like, what really makes you angry? Because you can get passionate about solving that problem. And I think most businesses start by solving problems, right? It's not about the grandiose business plan and the ROI and let's see how many investors we can get and venture capital and no, what problem are you going to solve? Because I think if you do that, eventually you'll find a way to make that align with some sort of income. Now it may mean working for someone, it may mean starting your own business or doing a nonprofit or whatever, but Don't let money be the primary driver for doing what you're doing, but also realize it will eventually be part of the recipe because we all have to pay the bills. Yeah.
1: Um, And and in the States, we we have this thing, I'm sure you guys have it here, but uh, I I grew up with people always telling me if you find something that you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Is this common over here? Okay. Mm -hmm. That is bullshit. (laughs) And the reason being is, is, like. Josh and I, we, for all intents and purposes, are living the dream. Like, I, don't, I, I, I could not imagine doing anything different. We work our asses off. And we still have to do really stupid business things like pay taxes and get all the paperwork together. I mean, there, there's a lot of work that is involved with the minimalists. Um, so uh, the reason why I'm saying this is, is don't be scared of the work. Um, really what you want to choose is something that, that aligns with your, your values and beliefs. And, and I don't think you could go wrong. I don't think there is a wrong decision if what you're choosing is, is in alignment with your values and beliefs. Have you listened to our values and beliefs podcast? Okay. So, yes. So, so did you do what we had suggested on that podcast? Did you write down what your values and beliefs are? If you didn't, that's okay. You just have some homework tonight. You did good. Good. So you're very clear on this, this is your, this is your, this is your compass for uh, what to choose next. Now, you might have five paths that are all uh, in alignment with your values and beliefs, and let's say they're all equally in alignment with your values and beliefs. That's good news, because again, you, there is not a wrong decision there. Um, but you do have to make a decision. So to do that, you can literally take those five things, write them down, and rip the pieces of paper up, and put them in a hat, and choose one. I'd argue that the first thing you write down is probably what you want to do, but you can do the hat thing—that's fun, I guess—or a dartboard. But you know, I, I think what we do is we put too much pressure on ourselves to choose a path because there's a lot of work, and and even though we work a lot, and I know that that's what we have to do, it still scares me, and I still, uh, you know, there's pieces of me where I get up and I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta put work in today to to make this work. Um, the other thing, too, is that we, we are afraid that if we put so much time and effort into this one thing, that all of a sudden it's going to unravel, and it might, but that's okay. How, how old are you?
2: 27. Okay. So, so 27. Here, here's, here's the good news about that. So, um, let's assume that you're not going to live forever. That's a safe assumption. What? I've uh, checked out the empirical data. And, and, and so let's say you have, you have five, six decades left, right? Well, you may work on something for the next decade, and that might be the next season. It might be something you're really passionate about, but the thing you're, you're passionate about passionate about until age 35 may be different from the thing that you're passionate about the next 10 years. So just because you pick a path doesn't mean that you're gonna be stuck with it. I really like what Ryan was saying about putting the, the five things into a hat or whatever. Um, I would just pin that a little bit and say, put the five things into a hat, and then before you draw it out of there, which one do you hope you pick? Because that's probably the one you should go with first. Yeah. Thanks for your question. Thanks so much. Thank you.
3: Hi, guys. Howdy. Um, my name is Matthew. Uh, thanks. First of all, thanks for coming to Brisbane. Thanks for coming to Australia. And thanks to you and everyone you work with um, for doing your blog and your podcast and your documentary, um, you have added value to my life. It's
1: our pleasure, man. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, as long as you all keep showing up, I mean, so will we. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Round two. Um,
3: I think I managed to minimize my answer a little bit, my question. Um, when living, I'm, I'm an INTJ as well. and I remember when you first mentioned that, I was like, oh, great. I've got level playing field here.
2: Um, so for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, like, what the hell is an INTJ? That doesn't spell anything. Um, there's a personality test called a Myers-Briggs personality test. And so we're part of the 3% of people who fall under one of these 16 personality types. Um, and basically, the reason that you would take a personality test like that you learn a lot about yourself, but I think more, more so, I learned a lot about my interactions with other people. And so, I, I think that's one of the reasons, that better, you better understand yourself so you can better understand how you can, how you can uh, interact with the world around you. Just for those of you who are unfamiliar with yeah, that. We, we highly recommend taking one, for sure. And as someone
3: who's very good at planning and analyzing, when living an intentional life, which to me involves some level of planning, and foresight, how does serendipity, unintentional but happy accidents, how did they come into your life? How do you handle them?
2: Yeah, uh, not as well as Ryan. (laughs) Ryan is like the, the, the spontaneous half of the duo. So we have essentially Uh, polar opposite personalities, and it's one of the things that makes our relationship work really well. In fact, when you look at the two Myers-Briggs types that we have, we have what is called a pedagogical relationship, which means we are both mentors to each other and mentees of each other. And and so one of the ways to do that is to surround yourself with people uh, who have more spontaneity spontaneity in their life. And, And I like to call it planned spontaneity. Because if I spend time with Ryan, something crazy is bound to happen, and if he spends time with me, something
1: planned is bound to happen. Dude, how many? Well, we work together. How many times that you get a phone call from me where I'm like, Josh, I fucked up, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, that that's happened. Uh, <laughs> and really, what he was calling and saying is, Josh, I need a plan, right? And and. The, the interesting part about that is his personality type actually performs so much better under stress where you and I, we, we don't do that well with stress. And and I've gotten a lot better because I've I've minimized the things that are stressors in my life, but still I, I, the tiniest thing can can stress me out. Whereas with Ryan, he actually performs under under stress. And so I, I found the best way to inject some sort of randomness or spontaneity in my life
1: is to allow the space for it. Um, I think about there's a David Foster Wallace quote. Um, I'm gonna. Probably butcher it. You you help me with this if I really make it bad. If I really paraphrase this poorly, um, he says uh, the the microphone it will pass your lips in your life, and when it does, you better be ready to sing. So to me, what that means is that everyone's going to have these spontaneous serendipitous. They're going to get lucky, whatever it is. They're going to have these things that happen in their life, especially like with serendipity. I think with serendipity, I think I think luck. And what I know in life is that everyone gets lucky. Everyone. Everyone in this room gets lucky. The people who who, who really take advantage of that luck or, or maybe grow uh, with those situations is they're ready for it and they know what to do with that luck. So what I'm trying to help you do is I'm trying to give you some leverage to embrace these things that happen because they are going to happen. And when they do, I'm going to say lean in because I can't think of anything else. I can't even remember that author's name. But anyways, uh, lean into it, man, and, and really appreciate the experience that you're getting in life. Failure, I love it. I really do. Uh, it's, it's something that it, I may not love it in the moment, but with hindsight, I'm like, man, I'm really glad I, I screwed that up. I am not going to screw that up again. And I was kind of fortunate to see a lot of uh, screw-ups growing up through my childhood and a lot of spontaneous things happening. And that also gave me some experience and taught me things that I should and should not do. So, uh, you know, I, I think when it, yeah, when it comes to handling the, the spontaneous stuff, try, try to get a little bit more of a perspective on it and see how you can actually use that to your advantage. Thanks for your question, Matthew. Thanks very much. Thanks, Matthew.
2: All right, one second. But before we move on, Ryan, do you know what time it is?
1: Yeah, it is time for the <laughs> it is time for the minimalist lightning round, where we answer questions from social media. We do indeed. So if you're
2: listening to this at home, we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at the minimalist. And we usually take questions from from the internet, but you're here right now, so don't tweet us. You can go ahead and ask your question. And we wrap it up with a a pithy, less than 140-character response that you can share on social media, if you like. And our good friend, Jessica Lynn Williams, she shares everything on the socials. Actually, she live tweets from the events, too. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Williams. Oh, and, and she puts all of our minimal maxims, we call the minimal maxims, our little pithy answers, uh, she puts them all in one place, minimalmaxims.com, if you want to check those out. What's your name, brother?
4: Uh, David, and Hi I'm David. Uh, here from Brisbane, I uh, took a whole 20 minutes to drive here, that's great. <laughs> well, thank you for making the trip. <laughs> Dude, we really appreciate uh, yeah. it. Cheers. How's the jet lag, by the way? That's not the question, though, but, um, but yeah, so my question is, I, um, uh, I find it quite cool that you guys are here touring around the same time as, I don't know if you've heard him, Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's touring around Australia.
2: Yeah, and, I, I definitely know who he is. I, mm-hmm. I, didn't, uh, I didn't know he was here at the same time. Yeah, yeah, funnily enough. And, he, uh, he's a mm-hmm. Canadian um, philosopher and also a, a rather controversial figure right now, And um, but he also has some, some pretty interesting ideas. Uh, a friend of ours, Sam Harris, has, uh, has, has tried to have good conversations with him that have failed miserably, sadly. Yeah, um, but they're actually worth listening to. They're they're a nice experiment on when people have trouble communicating, and <laughs> and uh, and I mean I quite like uh, you know, his
4: uh, I guess message of you know make your room or make your house beautiful, and I found yours you know this message of minimalism quite helpful uh, over the past year year and a half. Um, and I guess my question is how do you balance that? I guess you know the two extremes between you know decorating and only having, I guess, things that are functional, you know, sort of finding that, you know, that, that balance
1: in between in your personal lives. You mean you want us to give you permission to have art? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he wants no, you no. to give him
2: decorating advice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm kidding. There's nothing wrong with decorations, man. Sure. Um, I have art. I've got paintings on the wall. Like Josh said, if you walked into Mariah and I's place, like you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think like, man, we're like, Nobody lives here. What is going on? Like you would just think, man, whoever lives here, they they really keep a nice clean house. And what I'll say is that for me, when it comes to decorating, when it comes to furniture, Mm. so furniture is functional, right? Mm. Like I've got to like really think about, am I going to use a piece of furniture? Uh, We moved to our place in Los Angeles in October. And uh, we still don't have a dining room table. Like, and I'm like, do we really need one? Because we just kind of we literally put like a big blanket on the floor and just kind of have a picnic when people come over, (laughs) Um, and and that works. But I I don't know. I might get one one day if it if it makes sense. But here's what I'll say: is no matter what Josh and I say, we're not going to give you the perfect recipe on how to pick the decorations. Whenever you're whenever you are looking at. Uh, uh, furniture or decorations, you've got to ask, like, what is appropriate for your home? What is going to, uh, what is going to fit best in there? And, you know, if if you're talking about decorations specifically, like, does it add value? Does it serve a purpose or does it bring you joy? I have a painting in my house that whoever hasn't seen it, they'll come in and they'll be like, what is that? So it's great because I get to have a conversation about this painting and this artist that I really, really like, and it's a really beautiful piece of work. So it doesn't have a a definitive function, you're not like opening bottles with it or anything. I could. (laughs) Swiss Army painting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Patent pending. It's good, man. Um oh, wait, these are the this is the pithy round, isn't it? Yeah it is. Oh my bad. Oh sorry. I'll think of something. Josh?
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so for, first thing I'll say is go back and listen to our decorations podcast. It's episode one nineteen. And for the gal who was asking about values earlier, it's episode sixty-nine uh, of the values podcast. And um, we actually talked about decorations pretty extensively. Uh, the, the thing that, that I will say is, as my life changes, the things that are appropriate for my life also change. So Ryan used that word, appropriate. In our documentary, uh, Minimalism, uh, you, uh, we interviewed a guy named uh, Frank, who's a minimalist architect, and one of the things that really stood out to me is he said when he builds a new house for someone, he doesn't go to them and, and, and say, do you want a dining room? Do you want a garage? Do you want a living room? Because people just say yes to that. Do you want a walk-in closet? Yes. Do you want a game room? Yes. Like I want whatever you, you're asking me because you're the authority. Instead he asked them, how do you live your life? And then I build a house around that. Now obviously not all of us can afford that. I know I can not just like, I'm gonna go build a house around my life. But I can take that same principle and say, okay, instead of trying to cram someone else's life into my living space, trying to cram what is appropriate for someone else, what society tells me I'm supposed to have. I can say, what is appropriate for my life? Because I know if there's an empty corner, or even an empty room for whatever reason, then that's okay, I'm complete, even if the room is not. Ooh, that's pithy! Mm, got it. And, and you know,
1: How you? that was really good. Um, Here's, what I'll say. Here's my pithy answer. It doesn't matter what Ryan or Josh or anyone else thinks about your decorations. What matters is what you think about your decorations.
4: Awesome.
2: Thank you. Thanks, brother. Howdy. Hey, guys. How are you? Remind me your hey. name.
5: I'm Ryan, Team Ryan. Oh, that's right, other (laughs) Ryan, Team Ryan. I met you before. How dare you be on Team Ryan, (laughs) Ryan? Well, I have a question specifically for Josh. So, Ryan, I'll just because I don't have a question for you, I'll just that's okay. Compliment you on your I just hang out stellar personality and fabulous hair. On point this evening. Uh, This is truly lightning round. I just wanted to ask, and I know I'm not the only person in the theatre that wanted to know this. Josh, is it or is it not red underwear
1: day? <laughs> is it or is it not red underwear day?
5: <laughs> I just want to know where we are in the cycle. Okay. R- Ryan, so, it's, so. Ryan, it's for Josh, but if you wanted to answer as well, it's up to you.
2: See, the, the implicit question behind your question is, actually the, just the implicit statement behind your question is that I'm wearing underwear today. That's, and that's we're on the tr- road, so who knows? No, I'll tell you, um, my four-year-old, Ella, she'll she'll notice, like, if I'm just wearing the red underwear that day, uh, she'll, she'll say, it's laundry day! Because, yeah, that's when it's laundry day. So, when I travel, I have one pair of red underwear that I wear. It's not, like, lacy or anything. That's it's, uh, Although, if that's what you're into, that's fine, dude.
1: Uh, I, I got a question. Is this red pair of underwear, is it the same pair of red underwear from 2014. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh I barely ever wear them. <laughs> You're such a minimalist, man. <laughs> all the other, other,
2: all the other un- underwear is not, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that pair is. Um, it separates my dirty underwear from my clean underwear, usually. There was one time that I accidentally washed all my clean underwear, and uh, <laughs> I don't. You get a things. Strange things happen on the road. Um, did, did you? Do you feel different Red
5: Underway Day, or is it like a similar kind of day <laughs> as the rest of the week? Yeah, Only but. in
1: Australia, man. <laughs> oh my god! I love you guys so much. Thank you for making this fun.
5: You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your message.
2: Thank you, Ryan. I think we might have time for one more, but before we do that, well, I'll see if we do. Uh, first, I'd like to move on to our added value segment of the show. This is where Ryan and I speak to each other about things that have added value to our lives recently. Now, now we just we pretty much landed in Australia just a couple of days ago. We uh, So I haven't had time to get a whole lot of value out of different places that we've gone. I like to make it like local, value-centric. Um,
1: have any of you heard of... Virgin Australia. Um, yeah, we, earlier today we ate it grilled. <laughs> yeah. it is a good place. I mean, don't get me Have wrong. you heard of
2: Avis Rental Car? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I immediately got off a plane in Perth, and within 15 minutes I had skin cancer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm extremely pale. Um, you guys should. Sean podcast. Sean is so burnt, unfortunately. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Crispy Podcast, Sean, in the back. We love you, Sean.
2: He is our road manager, our tour manager, our lint roller, and everything in between. Thank you, Sean. Um, Yeah, uh, but instead of doing a added value segment, I wanted to actually talk about this experience that we had today because I was so, so excited to get back to Brisbane because it's been four years since we've been here. And one, Ryan and I, in the last four years, Ryan and I started a coffee shop down in, in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. It's called Bandit. And uh, during our 2014 tour, and every city we go to, it was, we'd go to a bookstore to give a talk and read from a book, but then also it was really just an excuse to hit the 100 best coffee shops in the world. And so one of the best coffee shops I'd ever been to was here in Brisbane. True story. Yes. And you, we showed up, and it was like ultra minimalist. You showed up, it was like just this bar area, and they had a menu with three items on it. It just said filter, black, and white. And that was it. And, and the, the person who owned the shop, his name was Luke, he, he gave us like a full education on why they did it and the whole process behind it was an experience in educating the customers. And so Ryan and I go in there today and Ryan's partner's with us, Mariah and Jessica goes with us. And, and we, we walked in there and it was the same shop but it wasn't the same shop. There was signage all over the place. There was like handwritten sc- like scrawlings, they had this extensive menu and bagels and, and all this other stuff. And to me, it was like this perfect metaphor of maintaining simplicity. Like if you forget to maintain simplicity, this is what happens. And I think what happened actually is they got some different owners, even though it has the same name. They I'm not gonna put this place on blast, so I'm not gonna give you their name here. Um but, It just—it made me realize, like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect metaphor, because when we simplify our lives, that's not the end result. I don't get down to my 288 items, and this is everything I own, and now I have the perfect life. In fact, uh, the the decorations question from earlier, you saw in our documentary at the apartment I was living in at the time, so we started filming that in 2013, and I was single at the time, and... mm, I basically owned nothing in there, right? Because we were never home; we were constantly on the road, or we were writing, or or whatever it was. I was never spending any time at home, so that it would be inappropriate for me to just fill the house with stuff I didn't use or need, right? And now my house looks different from that. Hopefully, the next documentary, which we're in the middle of filming now, will we'll, you'll see the the look of a sort of minimalist family in, in, in our house. And what I realized is like simple can change but you can also distance yourself from simple. And it was like the most disappointing experience that I've had in such a long time. So maybe we should get some recommendations on some good coffee shops. Yeah, we have to get a recommendation.
1: All right, do we have any? What is it? Dandelion and Driftwood. Dandelion. and Driftwood. All right, do, do I have a second on that? Okay. All right, who else? Got, who, what else? Foundry and Angel Foundry? Okay. Anthology. Anthology. All right, right we got oh, three oh, oh. really good. We got three choices. And then on
2: three, you're just gonna shout out your recommendation, okay? <laughs> One. Let's see if we can make it out. Two. Three. <laughs> got, Sean, did you write that down?
1: Sean's got it. All right, real quick, let's. Uh, I, seriously though, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Ryan Nicodemus and let me know um, what what coffee shop because I I. I I'm gonna leave Brisbane with with one good coffee experience. (laughs) I have to. Howdy. Hi. What's your name?
0: Tyra, and I'm 14, and I'm from. Welcome.
1: Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. Did you did your parents drag you out here?
0: No, just my mom, (laughs) and I wanted to come.
1: (laughs) That is awesome. This is like, this is the biggest compliment. Like, to (laughs) the youths are our future, ladies and gentlemen. And the fact that we can be role models to someone like you—that thank you so much. I'm so glad that we can add value to your life, young lady.
0: Thanks. Uh, so I'm currently traveling Australia with my five brothers and sisters and my parents, and we're gonna be home next month. And like you've been a massive like inspiration to my whole family, and my especially my mom and me. So I have when I go back to school next month, I just discovered lots about myself in this past eight months and I really want to know how I can still be myself and I can live to my values without feeling excluded from all my friends because the teenage lifestyle is very consumeristic and materialistic.
1: Yeah, man, when I think about high school, like it's, it's a great question. (laughs) When I was in high school, I was so focused on hanging out with as many cool kids as possible, like I ruined my high school career. I ruined my high school time because I was constantly trying to be liked, I was constantly trying to fit in, and when I look back, there were there were some really awesome people that I didn't give the time of day to because they weren't cool enough. or whatever silly reason that high school kids come up with that they don't want to talk to people. If I could do it over again, what I would do is I would I would probably just hang out with, uh, so there was like four of us um, in high school, uh, me and Josh, and then we had, uh, it was Josh's brother, and then we had another friend. Um, and th- that's probably what I would have just stuck to, were wh- those four people. So what, wh- what I would encourage you to do is find Uh, find someone who you can really be awesome friends with and don't ever, you know, not talk to someone because of one of those silly little reasons. Um, And if anyone ever gives you a hard time, judgment is a mirror that reflects the insecurity of the person who's doing the judging. And in high school, there's a lot of insecure kids in high school. So when they're projecting that judgment at you, Hold your head high, because they are not—they're not judging you. They're judging themselves. If you got a good friend, it's gonna be easier to handle that stuff.
0: Thank you. <laughs> well,
1: I, I can think of—I could think of.
2: <clears throat> well, pithy answer would be: best friends become strangers. I, I think that—that—that that, that becomes true. Like, we get really caught up, especially as teenagers, but even at my age, like. You you think that whatever state we're in currently is going to be the state of permanence, but but the truth is it's not. The only friend I still have from high school is Ryan. And in fact, there was a a good chunk of time, maybe three years, where we weren't even close friends after high school. We just both went separate directions. We didn't have any animus or any anything uh, negative to feel about each other. We just went different different directions. And luckily, our paths crossed again. But but the truth is that the 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 people that you're with right now they should help you grow in whatever chapter of life that you're in. And being 14, that's the chapter you're in right now. And and if I could go back and give myself, my 14-year-old self, any advice is, this is not permanent. And, and if I, think, I think if I would have understood that, I would have made decisions that were better for my 14-year-old self, but also, and even more important, decisions that would have been better for my 36-year-old self and so keep in mind decisions you make today you are planning for your future self and so yeah we do get really caught up teenage culture is consumeristic because advertisers spend considerable amounts of money to advertise to people who are the influencers in their house and by the way teenagers are the influencers of the household (laughs) if you all didn't realize that Um, and so uh they, get, they, they will spend gobs of money to try to get you to like their product. Yeah, every time that literally like it now. You, know, you go to Instagram, they want you to like their product, share it with your friends or, or Snapchat or, or, or wherever you are so they can, they can put this product in front of you and you're outside of the group if you don't consume that product. But here's the thing. If people are judging you by what products that you have or don't have... That tells you more about them than it tells about you.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for being just here. Thanks the question.
1: <laughs> Keep up the great work.
2: So before we, we get out of here tonight, I just want to thank, uh, thank one more person, and that person is you. I know you spent some money to get in here tonight. We're grateful for that because it allows us to have security and a staff and fly here, and we're just really grateful for that. But you gave up your two most precious resources tonight. You gave up your time and your attention. And we just want to thank you. I will will never take for granted the fact that you decided to spend this evening with us. And if you leave here tonight with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never
1: works. Thanks nice for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Brisbane. You guys are awesome. <laughs>